I want to talk tonight about trust that sustains through every season. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said, We cannot always trace God's hand, but we can always trust God's heart. His ways are higher, aren't they? I love what Dr. Tony Evans said. He made a statement that I think is worth pondering really often. He said, far too many of us, as believers, believe in a God we don't trust. We know he is real. We acknowledge that. But there seems to be a disconnect from my faith in Christ to get me to heaven and my trust in Christ to navigate me here on earth. We're going to talk about trust that sustains through every season. When you look over in Ecclesiastics 1, you can turn there if you have your, if you have your Bible with you. It gives us a picture of seasons of time, a familiar scripture that we've heard throughout our lifetime. But I'm going to read it again. Uh, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. I have found, as I'm sure many of you have, that there are many seasons in life. There are seasons that bring um, great joy and laughter, and I love those seasons. Blessings, seems like a rhema word just flows. Um, life, you're going along, and, it, and it's just somewhat easy. But then there are other seasons that bring sorrow and heartache. There are seasons that are easy to navigate. And then there are seasons that it feels like there's tremendous pressure and uncertainty that can create angst and anxiety, even over the simplest decisions. Does anybody in here bear witness to that? Amen. This life is very up and down, uh, very uh, fickle. And that's why... Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is such a timely reminder to us as Christians. I pray that this verse is tucked away deep in your heart. You can say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. The NLT says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. As I was studying on trust and particularly this verse, I found the word trust implies having confidence or security. According to the Hebrew Greek study Bible, its meaning is associated with firmness or something that is solid and secure. Uh, simply put, we can put our trust and confidence in Christ Jesus. He will not let us down. Proverbs 3 and 5 doesn't tell us just to trust in the Lord. But he says, trust in the Lord how? 
with all your heart, not just part. We know that a house divided, it can't stand. It'll fall. And even in our own life, when we try to straddle the fence or we're going to hang on to the world with one hand and try to hang on to the kingdom with the other, it, it just doesn't work out very well that way. So we trust in the Lord with all of our heart. All covers every facet from the spiritual to the secular, from our innermost longings of our soul to our everyday practical decisions. How many of you pray over buying a car or a house, asking God to go before you. When I go shopping, I ask the Lord to redeem my time and redeem the deals. I like bargains. And I have ran on to some really good bargains. I mean, he's a God of favor. And, and so I, I pray for that. I acknowledge him. It, 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 whether it's spiritual or secular, whatever's happening, even in the practical, God goes before us. In all our ways, acknowledge him. It means to inquire of him, to seek him, to pursue him, uh, and to long for his ways to become ours, his heart to become our heart. Going after the things of God. Offering our life every day, as Romans 12 tells us to, as a living sacrifice. That we can prove what is the perfect and acceptable will of God. That we're not conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. This is what, um, what breaks down and destroys a lot of people and causes compromise. Is that we're conforming to the world, the patterns... We want to hold on a little bit here and a little bit there. I, I had someone call me today uh, from another state that I know, and they're like, I, I have a silly question. I'm like, well, it's not silly if it's bothering you. And they, say, they, they said to me, ask me this question, is it okay for Christians to cuss now? And I'm like, and they said, well, I, I go to church with a lot of good people and I'm seeing them out and, and, and curse words are just coming out of their mouth like it's the most normal thing. When we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, when we acknowledge him in all of our ways, when we want his heart more than anything, we're gonna align with kingdom things. It does matter what comes out, but what comes out is what we've been putting in. So it matters what we put in. And part of trusting him is not conforming to the pattern of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Because if we're not careful, we're going to begin to start buying everything that's coming in. It's okay to drink. It's okay to live together. It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. There are some things that grieve the heart of God. And even if we have had the spiritual liberty to do some of those things, if it grieves God, would we want to do them? So we trust him with everything from the spiritual to the secular. We're not this divided human being that on Sunday I'm a Christian. And, and I've, got my, I've got my ticket to heaven, but all the rest of the week I can kind of flow and blend in with the world. That's a divided heart. 
So we trust in the Lord with all of our heart. In all of our ways, we acknowledge him. And when we do that, he will direct our paths. I love this scripture in Isaiah that says, you will hear a voice behind you that says, this is the way, walk in it. Sometimes we don't know the right way. Some things are harder, we're being pressed. But I'm so thankful that if we trust God and his timing, we may have to thresh through the flesh a little bit, all right? Let's get real about this. Not everything comes easy. Transformation is not always easy. Conforming is comfortable. Being transformed takes intention. It takes courage. It takes will. It takes a made-up mind. It takes a confidence and a trust in God that I'm going to put him first above all else. He's going to be number one. And I'm going to represent him. And it's not about what I can get by with. It's about what honors and glorifies him. What's going to point other people to him. What's going to make people long for him. I don't want to blend in. We're a peculiar people. That's what the word says. We're a royal priesthood. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. We're set apart. We're not better. We're not up here. We're not arrogant. We're not proud. We're humble before the cross of God at the foot of the cross, knowing that without him but God go I. But trust centers us trust will protect us trusting God is a protective shield against the deception and the compromise of the world it'll keep you it'll keep you grounded it'll keep you solid It'll keep you sensitive. It'll keep you serving. It'll keep you worshiping. It'll keep you seeking. It'll keep you serving and loving. Trust. With all your heart. We don't lean on our own understanding because it's limited. So we trust him. I love scriptures that affirm how trustworthy God is. Psalms 37 and 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Listen to this. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desire of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. We need more delighting. We need more delighting in the Lord. Pursuing him. Longing just to be in his presence. Longing for his glory. Until 
were overtaken by his presence like the priests were in Chronicles. And they couldn't even stand up to, to minister by reason of the cloud because they were delighting in the Lord. They were saying, oh, the Lord, he is good. His mercy endures forever. When you delight in the Lord, his commands are no longer burdensome. I don't have to be told I shouldn't go there, I shouldn't say that, I shouldn't do that. His commands aren't burdensome. I'm delighting in the Lord. His joy is my strength. <laughs> Trust. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. I want to just take a few moments and I want to look at some practical ways we can build a life of trust. Because the enemy will often say to us, you will never have that kind of faith. You will never be strong like that in the Lord. You will never overcome this. You will never overcome depression. You will never overcome um, some of the addictions or bad habits. And that's a lie from the enemy. Because every time we put ourselves in the face of God, we are being transformed to be like him and look like him and act like him. We don't have to feel it for it to be happening. It's a by faith thing. But I'm glad that we do feel at times. I'm thankful for that. But I want to look at some practical ways that we can begin. We trust, when we trust God, it calls for us to surrender. Surrender means that we relinquish possession or control to another, to give up favor to another, to yield, to let go. It's the primary function of faith. How many in here like to be in control? Okay, for the others, we're going to pray. <laughs> Be in control. Surrender is the primary, one of the primary functions of faith. It's ongoing. It's daily. Time and again, we have to lay our will down. We have to lay our emotions down. At the feet of Jesus, we have to lay fears down. We have to surrender. That's why Paul said, I die daily. That's how the fruit of the Spirit is produced in our life is by surrender. Um, some, some may deal with, um, with anger issues. Some may deal with negativity. There may be other things. We all deal with different things. And so daily we surrender our will, our ways to the Lord. And we pick up our cross and we follow after Christ. And we apply the word to our life. And through an act of surrender, we begin to trust him and grow in him. John said in 3.30, he must increase, I must decrease. He must become greater, I must become less. How many of you know that's painful? It's kind of like when, this is what decreasing is like. It's like when you're growing in the Lord and, and say you do have a temper or you always have to have the last word or you want to be right. And you're in the middle of a situation and Holy Spirit says to you, 
Keep your mouth shut. That's surrender. And in that moment when you keep your mouth shut, when you want to say all kinds of things, you're surrendering and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you the fruit of the Spirit. As much as I like the last word, and I do, I found that it's okay not to always think you're right or have the last word. And you grow in that. God speaks to us about practical things. It's the small things. We want God to do big things, but he's saying just begin to surrender to me in the small things. It's, it's as much as a surrender as when we, when we learn that part of worship, part of really releasing trust to God is being able to do what his word says and even lift your hands in the sanctuary. For some, that's huge. I'm not discounting that. I'm, I'm not making light of that. But some of you, that's where you are. Holy Spirit's just now laying this in my heart. That's where you are. It's huge for you. You, 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 you don't like to be um, noticed. You don't, you, don't wanna, you don't want other people necessarily. It's, it's you know, the enemy, but that's just you. And it's a big thing. But surrender is saying, I now know the word instructs me to do that. I now know that I give glory to God and it's part of surrender. So I'm going to start with what I know. And we surrender. One step at a time, one act of faith at a time. That's how we trust God. That's how we trust God. According to Pastor Rick Warren, surrendering means following God's lead without knowing where he's sending you. Waiting for God's timing without knowing when it will come. Expecting a miracle without knowing how God will provide. Trusting God's purpose without understanding the circumstances. Psalms 37 says, wait, surrender yourself to the Lord and wait patiently for him. Trusting God calls for us to obey his word. Not just in the parts that are easy for us to obey. There's some things that are easy for us to obey. And then there's other things that are more of a challenge. They're, they're more convicting, but it's what transforms us. It, obedience takes trust. It takes faith. You know obedience takes courage. It takes courage to obey sometimes. John 14 and 15, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. Matthew 6, says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I was thinking of, when I was studying of the uh, journey of faith and trust that it must have taken Elijah over in 1 Kings 17. The drought has been called. He had prayed for no rain. The Lord said the drought's gonna come on the land. And then he says to him, I want you to go to the brook Cherith and I'm gonna take care of you. That in the natural doesn't even make sense. I'm going to go sit by the brook, and you're going to take care of me. And it says, every single day in the morning and the night, God sent the ravens to bring meat and bread, and he drank from the brook. And then one day, it says, in verse 7, that the brook dried up. And the Lord said to him, go to Zarephath. 
and there I will make provision. And when he got there, there was a little widow woman that was gathering sticks. And he told her, he said, go get me some water. And she did. And he said, now take those sticks and go make me a cake. And she said, I was going to go bake a cake for my son and I, and then we were going to die. And he said, this is what the Lord says. You go make me a cake, then you go make yourself one and your son one. And as long as this drought remains, God is going to put flour in your jar and oil in your jug and take care of you. But it took faith and trust to move from one place to the other. There are some times when it makes no sense what God is saying for us to do. I remember, and many of you know this, but I feel impressed to say it again. I remember when the Lord healed me to have children. And I went up and I said to the lady who did not know me, all I said was, I have a need. And she said, began to pray over my stomach and, and said that I prayed for a child. She had no idea, but God did. And, and the Lord told me before I went and prayed, he said, I want you to thank me from this day forward. Don't, don't ask me again for a child. Thank me. And the reason that the Lord said that, unbeknownst to me, was it would be two years to the month before I actually uh, knew that I was expecting. So I had to walk in faith during that time in obedience. He said to me, so it was an act of obedience that I go up and I get prayed for and then I thank God. There are some things that may not happen in the moment, but God is already putting some things into you that he wants you to trust him for. And it may not make sense the way that he does it, but I will promise that even in the process of you going and obeying, you are going to find facets of God's glory that you never experienced before. It's not always about the destination. Many times the parts of the journey bring forth nuggets from the kingdom of God. It's trusting in him. God will provide, always provide the direction. We must provide the action. Let me say that again. God will always provide the direction. We must provide the action. And I want to tell you uh, over in 2 Kings 4, this is Elisha, one of the wives of the uh, prophets. She had came to the man of God. It was a test of her trust. Her husband had died. She knew that she was going to lose everything to the creditors, including, including her sons. And, and she said, you know, my, my uh, husband was a prophet, and here we are. We're going to lose everything. And he said, what do you have in your house? She said, the only thing I have is a jar of oil. And he said, go gather vessels, come in and shut the door, and then begin to pour. And God provided for her above and beyond her need. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense the way God moves. But I need to say something to someone tonight. I want you to keep trusting him. Keep obeying him. Keep doing what you know to do. Do you know for some, just coming to church is an act of obedience? For some, lifting your hands is an act of obedience? For some, saying I'm sorry is an act of obedience? 
For some, paying your tithe this week when you know that you have bills that are due is an act of obedience and it takes trust and it takes courage. But God always honors and blessing always follows obedience. Trusting God calls for us to worship in our silent seasons as well as in our breakthrough seasons. Trusting God calls for us to lift up his name in the midst of our brokenness and grief and our pain. Even in the moments that we may not see him or feel him or even understand him. But because we know his track record. Because we know what he's done before. And we know he's a good God and he's a faithful God and he's an on-time God. We worship anyhow. We press through anyhow. That's what trusting God is. Trusting God is practicing daily, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, to pray without ceasing. Mark Batterson said, I learned that we shouldn't seek answers as much as we seek God. We get over anxious. We try to microwave our own answers instead of trusting God's timing. Here's an important reminder. If you seek answers, you won't find them. But if you seek God, the answers will find you. Isn't that powerful? If you seek God, the answers will find you. I love a quote that I read, it's by someone unknown. It says, those who leave everything in God's hand will eventually see God's hand in everything. I love that. And it's so true. It's so, so true. Psalms 28 and 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. Jeremiah 17 and 7 gives us this beautiful word picture of trust. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes or storms rage. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. What a beautiful, beautiful picture in the word of God about trusting him. It's not always easy. Trust is not always easy. Doesn't matter how long that you've served God, how many victories that you've won, there sometimes comes moments when the rug is pulled right out from under you and you have to regroup and get recalibrated. Things happen that we don't expect in this life to us, um, in spite of us, and yet we trust God and we see his hand at work and he moves in us. I, I just, I, I need to encourage someone tonight. I need to encourage you to look to the heels from where your help comes from. Your breakthrough is on the way. It may have been hard, it may have been dark, it may have been silent. It may feel like God has not heard you, like he doesn't see you or know where you are. But I want to encourage you to do the things that you know out of trust. Trusting God. Trusting God. 
Trust him with what you already know, the word of God that you already know. Keep acting on it. Keep calling on his name. Keep looking to him. Keep loving on him. Keep loving other people. Keep forgiving other people. Keep worshiping God, even when it's hard, even when you don't see anything or feel anything. Trust God and acknowledge him in all your ways, and he's going to direct your paths. And I would dare say that there are many times when he has given you nudges, and you sense, but you're coming, becoming accustomed, not used to, not taking for granted. It's just that you're hearing the voice of God more than you realize you are. And he's nudging you. And you're moving in those directions. And you don't even realize it because you're becoming one with him. And you're delighting yourself in him. And he is leading you day by day. I want to pray with you. And then I'm going to give an opportunity for you all, if you want to, to share maybe a time of trust in your life that God has proven himself that would encourage someone else in here. And then we're going to open it up for prayer. I have a song that I, I want to play that um, has really ministered to me this week. Lord, I just pray over this body tonight. What a beautiful, beautiful church family here. God, you see every one of them. You know where they are. You know what they're walking through. I pray this reminder of trust would encourage them to keep pressing on, to keep doing the things that they know that you are moving on their behalf even when they can't see it or feel it, that you truly are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. You are doing exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think even in this moment. And I just pray, God, that you would minister to each one. You would have your way and that you, God, would encourage your body tonight. Thank you for your love toward us, your goodness toward us, in your mighty name. Amen.